0: Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite stories of all time, David and Goliath. Just so you get a little perspective, if you see the air vent towards the the right of the, the screen over here, that's about where Goliath's head stood. Just to give you a little perspective of just how giant Goliath was. It seemed overwhelming. When he came out onto the battlefield, when he taunted the armies of Israel over and over and over, all they saw was this behemoth of a man. And he mocked them. And he made fun of them. And all he could do was laugh at them. And the armies of Israel, the soldiers, quaked. As Goliath called out, send your best soldier, I'll do battle with him. The armies were scared. There was not a soldier one that dared go out onto the battlefield. There was not a soldier one that volunteered. There was no one that said, I want to go out and be fighting against something that is so big, so huge, so insurmountable, I'm not even going. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe as you look out into the world, you see the thing that you have to battle as being the largest, biggest, baddest kind of enemy that you've ever come up against. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe you've got a marriage that is on the rocks. Maybe, in fact, all it's it's about cancer. Or it's about some other illness. Maybe you're you're getting older, and and the and the big thing in your life is you're trying to figure out what is God going to do. And it seems insurmountable. It seems like death is going to come. It seems like divorce is going to come. It seems like the end is going to come. It's big. It's huge. And day in and day out, this thing in your life mocks you. Day in and day out, this thing calls out to you and says, you're too little. You're too young. You're too old. You're not brave enough. You're not courageous enough. You don't believe enough. You don't have enough faith. You don't even know heads from tails. And the world chatters. It chatters at you. It chatters in the news. And it chatters in the print news, online news. It chatters. It chatters. It tells you, oh, you'll never make it. You'll never be good enough. You'll never, ever accomplish. You'll never win. Chatter, chatter, chatter. And we listen to it. Dear Christian, I don't know why, but we listen to it. Instead of opening God's holy word, instead of opening the only thing that has never lied, the only thing that ever provides direction, the only thing that ever says, this is where peace can be found, this is where hope can be found, this is where mercy is found. No, we don't go here. We listen to the chatter. Well, I mean, why not? They're, they're an authority in my life. Right? Right? Come on at six every night. They're there. I can count on them. I I can listen. I know that name. I've grown up with that entity. And I can listen. And I know whatever they say must be true. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Neighbors chatter. Extended family chatters. Chatter. And this is Goliath. This is Goliath belittling every single entity of the Israelite army. And they're scared. They are scared. Jesse sends his sons to battle. And his sons are part of the Israelite army. And they're a part of this process. They know that this guy, this Philistine, is waiting to just wipe them all out. And David, the youngest, the shepherd boy. Jesse sends the youngest, the weakest, the smallest, but he's also the most trained. I want you to understand this. David is no weakling. And Jesse sends him to the front lines here. Take your brother some lunch. Great, right? Only, I mean, if you've ever been the younger brother, right, taking food to your older siblings, they're like, hey, great. Well, you smashed my chips. Well, how come my PBJ is all smashed? You know, I mean, it's just, you get picked on that way. And so David goes to the front lines, but I love his spirit, right? <laughs> his spirit. What's going on here? He says. Who is this Philistine that defies the armies of God? I mean, he may be simple. He may be young. He may be untrained as a professional warrior, but what he isn't is stupid. What he isn't What he isn't is has his head down in the sand. He sees evil he recognizes evil, and he confronts the evil. I'll go, David says. And again, you'd think, right? King Saul is going, somebody. At least we can put somebody out there. I don't even think King Saul thinks he wins or, or loses. He just wants it to be over. He's tired of the taunting. And King Saul, right, responds to, to David. Well, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. What was the phrase for you? You're not smart enough. You're from the wrong side of town. You got the wrong family name. You don't look good enough. You're not tall enough. You don't weigh enough way too much? What was it? What was the phrase for you? What was the phrase that people tried to put you down and tell you, no, you can't go. You can't go do it. When all all you could muster from within, you said, no, this is the right time. This is the right place. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. David, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. I'll go and fight it. While all around, his brothers, the other soldiers, the professionals are saying, there's no way, there's no one that can do this. But David told Saul, your servant's been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I love it, right? Whenever I'm doing my job, even if I'm the smallest, the youngest of my family, I go take care of the sheep. I'm responsible. I know that no matter where I'm at in my life, I'm responsible to do my job and my duty. It's not somebody else's job. It's not somebody else's duty. This is my job. This is my place. Dad's, your place is to be a dad. Mom's is to be a mom. It's nobody else's duty. No other person is gonna raise your kid. Your kid is a direct reflection of you. If you lead in paths of righteousness, no worry. If you lead down paths of sin, well, you got to worry. And when you're a Christian, that's your job, is to pray and to walk in paths of righteousness. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about, well, God really wants me to work in the secular world, and, you know, I just go to church on Sunday. I'm I'm busy with what He has for me the other six days of the week. That's bull! You're at your secular job... Because there are people there that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ or be loved by you or hugged by you or encouraged by you or prayed for by you. That's why you exist in this world. Do your job. When the lion and the bear came, I went after it, I didn't cower. I didn't hide. I didn't say, well, it's only one sheep. I went after it. And I rescued the sheep. And when the lion or the bear turned on me, which it will do, I fought it. And I killed it. I did my job. And that may be by prayer. It may be by peace. It may be by you being patient. It may be by you uh, constantly reaching out, being reconciled, whatever it takes. You fought the battle. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He says he'll be delivered. One thing that I'm pretty sure of here, David really believes he's going to win the battle. You understand that is the difference, Right? That God is absolutely with him, but David goes into it confidently. He doesn't go into this battle thinking, well, I mean, maybe God's for me, maybe God's against me, I don't know, but uh, well, if I die, I guess I'll go to heaven. Now that's all. No, you don't go into the battle. Now it's true. The world may kill you. It may get rid of you. But you don't go into the battle going, well, if I, if I die, I guess I die. No, you go in to win. So Saul... Well, go, the Lord be with you. Here, take my stuff since I'm king. Take my battle implements and my tunic and my my shield and all of this. And David puts it on, right? He kind of gives into the king's request. He puts it on and and he realizes this isn't me. Do you want David to be dressed up or to do things the way that David is comfortable with doing? Or do you want David to, to, to play a part? You want him to dress up like you want him to dress up. Do you want the people around you who are doing battle for you to act like you want them to act or, or how they've been raised to act? It can't go in these. Instead, he picks up his staff, five smooth s- smooth stones from the stream. It puts them in a pouch, takes his sling. And I want to explain something to you. Earlier in Scripture, we get this picture and this understanding that in the Israelite army, Huh. The nation of Israel, their soldiers were so good with a sling and a stone. The stone being about baseball size. Once you understand that's about baseball size. They could hurl a stone over 100 miles an hour with an accuracy, get this, of nearly 150 yards. Where it says in scripture that they could knock down a hare. I don't mean a rabbit, I mean one strand of hair, 100 miles an hour, 150 yards. This was their skill. Scholars today believe that Goliath had gigantic, giganticism. And those that have this uh, disorder, disease, uh, they, they grow way beyond the, the norm. They're, they can't see. They can't see very far, and so they have to get really close. And so the shield bearer goes out in front of Goliath, and he's just brandishing, Oh, oh, who's going to come? And then he gets up, and it says they got really close. I mean, really close. And he sees that it's a boy. Now, why didn't he see 100 yards away that a boy was coming out? Because he probably can't see that far. He gets closer, right? David is standing there. What is this? I thought I was going to fight a man. You send a boy? What, am I a dog? Somebody's got a little stick he thinks he's going to play with? I'll show you. David takes that stone. He puts it in the sling and with accuracy goes right and it indents in his head. It goes in to the skull with such force that Goliath is killed immediately and he falls to the ground. The scripture says he's dead. David goes over, takes his sword. Remember, this huge guy takes his implement of battle, uses it against him and cuts off his head. And at that point, the Philistine armies and the people are like, ah! Because they know their hero is dead. This is what the world does, is it puts up false heroes. This is what the world does, is in the darkness that is so prevalent around our lives, it sends out its own champions. And it thinks it's going to kill the Christian, and it's going to kill the church, and it's going to do whatever it can to diminish God's plan of action. But it doesn't, because you know who God takes? He takes little shepherd boys who have grown up, Defending stupid, dirty, dumb little sheep, and they smell, right? And there's no glory in being a shepherd. And God takes this little boy, and he miraculously conquers an entire nation with one throw. Why is it that we're afraid? Why is it? I know the giants are big. I I know it seems insurmountable. According to the world, you are a loser. But according to God, God's already won. According to God, you don't have anything to fear. It doesn't matter about cancer. It doesn't matter about death and divorce. It doesn't matter about starting over or, or renewing or getting a new job or moving on. It doesn't matter about those things. Because God always wins. So quit being afraid. Be courageous in your battle. I love towards the end of David's life, he meets with his son. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, we hear David to the very end. I am about to go the way of all the earth. So, my son, be strong. Show yourself a man. Observe what the Lord requires that you walk in His ways, that you keep His decrees, His commands, His laws, and His requirements. In all that you do, wherever you go, in order that the Lord may keep His promise to you, that if you follow and your descendants do what I have set up for you, and if you follow all my laws, my decrees, and if you incline your heart towards me, you will never fail to have a descendant on the throne. And friends, that promise was kept in Jesus Christ. Who, by the sheer grace of God, was a descendant of King David. And Jesus, who now has already conquered death and the grave, disappointment and hopelessness. Jesus Christ alone sits on the throne. And he's just simply waiting. I can picture him going, dad, is it time now? Dad, is it time now? Dad, is it time now? Dad, you get this one, right, today especially. Is it time yet? Are we there yet? Are we gonna start yet? Dad, 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 dad. And I picture Jesus going, dad, and the father, right, up in heaven going, not yet, it's not yet, it's not yet. It's not yet for the fat. No, it's because he doesn't raise his voice and get angry like us human fathers, right? Says It's not yet. It's not yet. It's not yet. And Jesus keeps going, when do I get to go back? And when do I get to go to the battle? Because that's what you made me for. And he's coming back, friends. He's coming back to raise the dead in Christ and those who are still alive to be joined in the air. And on that day, like a battle shout like we've never heard, Everyone's going home. And all these giants will be dead. I want you to long and to hope and to be at peace. Do not fear, for the day is coming when the king returns. Amen.